Welcome back to another episode of The Spin Room, the home of everything indie, here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Monty, and today we're going to be doing a review of the new Twilight Sad album, It Won't Be Like This All The Time. But first, let's listen to a little bit of the Brian Jonestown Massacre song, Anemone. This song comes from the Brian Jonestown Massacre third album from 1996, their Satanic Majesty's second request, which is available on streaming online. The band is truly one of the most interesting neo-psychedelia bands from the 90s, and definitely worth checking out. In 96, they released three fantastic albums, which is a massive amount for any band to do, and of that consistent quality is pretty much unheard of. But first, let's get into the music news before we get into this review of the new Twilight Sad album. And if you're wondering what song is playing in the background when we do this, it is Turnover's New Scream. Lot out today, because it is the first release cycle of February. First and foremost, Girl Pool What Power is Imaginary, their first album since 2017's Power Plant, which contained one of my favorite songs of the year, It Gets More Blue. Beirut released Gallipoli, and it's out today on all streaming platforms. The latest album from the indie folk mixed of traditional Balkan folk music artists, one of the music artists that got me into indie folk to begin with way back in 2013. Definitely got me into Sufjan Stevens as well. Elephant Gun is a fantastic song. Check that out if you haven't seen that yet. Guided by voices, Zeppelin over China, the latest from the Bob Pollard act with his boys. They've released many albums over the past few years and have been on a consistent release cycle since about 2014. Check them out for sure. Also, fun fact of the day, Takashi69 pleaded guilty to all of his charges, finally, which included racketeering and shooting at Chief Keith to scare him. So he's facing up to life in prison. And of course, today we are reviewing the new Twilight Sad album, It Won't Be Like This All The Time. And let's do that right now. And let's get things started by playing the song 10 Good Reasons for Modern Drugs off that album. Here it is.
Now, of course, the Twilight Sad are one of the most prominent bands from Glasgow right now. If you can't tell yet, the lead singer sings with a very heavy Scottish accent, which turns a lot of people off, but does not actually turn me off. I actually quite enjoy it and think it's really, really venerable. I really enjoy when artists sing in their native tongue with their native accents because it gives a sense of authenticity to the music. Uh, Britpop was a good example of this when many of the artists were singing in outwardly British accents, when before that wasn't really a thing that you did because it wasn't seen as commercially viable in the States, but they really didn't care. Bands like Oasis just flat out went for it. And that's really nice to see from the Twilight Sad especially. Now, the Twilight Sad is a pretty prominent band or has been pretty prominent in since 2006, releasing post-punk revival music with a bit of an edge to it. And if you haven't noticed by the first song on this record already, there's a new sense of revivalism here um, that's been gone since about 2006 and I find incredibly interesting. You know, post-punk revival just hasn't been a very nice genre since it basically got phased out earlier last decade when bands like Interpol stopped really releasing solid material. And of course, Interpol released a Marauder last year in 2018, and it was definitely not one of my favorite albums of the year. I thought it was produced badly. I thought there were some egregious cuts on the record mixed in between these songs that just really didn't go anywhere for me, and I gave it about a 5 out of 10. It wasn't anywhere near Turn on the Bright Lights material. But here we have The Twilight Sad in 2019, one of the first albums of the album release cycle, the mainstream album release cycle, that is, to really impact me. And, of course, Sharon Von Eden released one of her albums that impacted me as well this year so far. But in terms of sheer, I guess, brilliance and sheer artistic quality, this is the best album out currently, including, I believe, these albums that were released on February 1st. Now, first and foremost... What makes this album to me interesting right off the bat? It's the use of synths against shoegaze. M83 did this in 2008, 2009 before they became full electropop. They were really mixing these atmospheres with the loud, I guess, graveling guitars with the effect pedals going and these synthy backgrounds. And if you didn't notice with that song I just played, again, you have that synthy background there against the loud and screaming guitars, and it's quite nice. It's also reminiscent sort of stylistically of what The National did on their last record, Sleep Well Beast. Although not exact in any definition of the word, you still get that sort of building up and that prowess to it that both bands share. Now, the band continues on this new album with The Arbor, which is another fantastic song a bit further down the track list. Let's listen to that to get another idea of how this band sounds on their new record.
Now it is in my personal opinion that this is the most Joy Division-esque song on the record by far. You hear those drums and the production behind the drums. They're punchy, they're hollow, they sound 80s-esque, but they're a bit more clean and updated. And that's just a wonderful element of this song and this album in general. The production on here is stellar. It's not muddy, but it's hazy. And it's that haziness which really develops such a nice atmosphere. And again, that accent is just wonderful. It makes the music incredibly more authentic than it would be if he was singing insane American accent or trying to emulate a lot of his post-punk revival contemporaries. And there's such a solid chord progression to that song as well. It really does remind you of 80s bands that were doing this exact same style of music. And, and gothic rock too. There's a bit of a gothic rock tinge to this as well. And it's just nice to listen to. And it's nice to see those influences worn on the sleeve like that, but not in a derivative way. In a way that's reinterpreting it for a modern audience. It's quite nice. And then, of course, we have the next song on our list, Sunday Day 13. And all the track titles on this album are quite interesting as well. I highly suggest you check them out. There's slashes. There's brackets. There's all caps. There's all lowercase it's interesting to see how they do this here is sunday day 13 this happened too many times too many times It's happened too many times It happened too many times It won't be like this all the time I hope you never change your mind It's happened too many times So you're not even Would you throw me out into the crowd? Would you throw me out onto the road? If that's you, would you throw me out into the cold? If that's you, time to shoot the courts at two. And with this song, we really have the point I'm trying to make in full view or full earshot of the listener. You hear those arpeggiating synth chords and you hear the slow build and you hear 
basically the shoegaze guitar in the background. And it's such a wonderful song and it's such a wonderful atmosphere. And while I have my issues with this song, I don't feel like it takes off. I don't feel like it really goes anywhere. I feel like it really serves as sort of a focal point of the album about what this band was trying to do with their sound. And it works incredibly well where you don't think it would. Um, A lot of post-punk revival bands going forward now, like Block Party, haven't been able to transition into this new sound that they have or this new sound that the industry is going for, which is obviously more synthy. Rock music isn't dying out, but rock music is having issues transitioning into an era where production is highly valued and these synths are highly valued. And many bands again, haven't been able to make that transition, but the Twilight said have. It's not over the top. It's not overblown. It mixes quite well. And here we get a really heavy dose of those synths that I mentioned before and the shoegazing guitars. The arpeggiating synth chords are also nice. You hear that on the bridge and the build. It's just really pretty. And these songs also take a while, again, to build up to some catharsis. But ultimately, um, a lot of the times they do it in a timely manner, and it doesn't eat itself too often. It's not too prevalent to the point where it becomes crescendo core. And certainly the music here speaks for itself and it's quite nice. So we're going to move on to another song now, Girl Chewing Gum. This happens to be my favorite song off the album. It's a really well put together song. Uh, Here it is. So this song, you get a massive noise rock influence, and it's just really interesting to hear that from this band. It's almost like, and this is a terrible comparison, but it's what I'm going to make because it actually makes sense in my mind. It's almost like the monolithic sound of swans, but passed through a melodic filter. There's actually a point here. It's not just drone. It's not just trying to be heavy. This song is just in your face, and it pans out like a diamond in the dust 
to sort of just this melodically cathartic song, and it's enjoyable to listen to. The chorus, again, is just wonderful and catchy as all get out, and the guitar is so crunchy, and I love that production that they put on it. It sounds lo-fi. One thing that I would change about the song is that I do feel like the vocals are mixed a bit weird, and this is a thing that carries over often with the song. Yes, I love the way he sings, but I feel like the vocals are too clear, too pristine, too modern to really do this album any justice. It feels like sometimes I'm listening to an Arctic Monkeys record, an older one, an obviously more artistically inclined album, obviously more post-punk Arctic Monkeys record. Um, and you know that you shouldn't take that as a bad thing necessarily. It's just when you're doing more close listening like I'm doing here, you start to notice these things and you start to wish that, okay, maybe I wish that these vocals were a little bit more lo-fi. I wish these vocals were a bit higher in the mix. I wish they were a bit lower in the mix at some points. They become too ear-piercingly clean sometimes. You start to get that effect going on with this record. But it's not by any standard a terrible thing. And we're going to move on to the last song on the record here. This is Videograms. Let's listen to this. And you're listening to The Spin Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So I want to make a few comments on this song before we give a final rundown of this album as a whole. Videograms has a nice use of piano in there against the synth. I know a lot of bands have been trying that recently and ultimately failing, but the way they mix that is just really interesting and nice. And also I do want to mention almost how cheesy these synths are. They sound straight from the 80s and oftentimes, you know, for a lot of bands, it's a recipe for disaster. They're trying to bring back a sound that's been dead for quite some time. But for the Twilight Sad, it sort of pans out. And it's sort of nice to listen to every once in a while. But as a whole, I think this album makes good use of its influences. I think this album has a head upon its shoulders. I think this album knows where it's going. It's definitely the most interesting post-punk revival album of this decade up to this point, I believe, because not a lot of these bands have been releasing solid material. Block Party, for example, their contemporaries back in 2006, when they released Silent Alarm, yeah, bands like that just aren't releasing songs like Banquet anymore. But the Twilight Sad are still having a, this creative edge to them, and maybe even a creative revival from their previous material this decade. And it's nice to see, it's nice to listen to, it's not something that's going to blow your socks off. Maybe it will in the first listen, but upon repeated listens, you start to listen to these cliches that they put in there. And it's not as bad, again, as a lot of their contemporaries, but it is there. So I'm going to give this record a 7 out of 10. Highly suggest you listen to it. It's not bad by any standard. It's quite good. Again, the best in its genre this decade, perhaps. So check it out. And of course... Thank you for listening to The Spin Room. We're going to leave you on New Scream, the song that we were playing earlier in the broadcast. 
check us out on Facebook at thespinroom.com. Or rather, thespinroom at facebook.com.